Hello, and welcome to another episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. Make sure you subscribe wherever you are listening. Also, rate and review. I really appreciate that. And follow the YBO Podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. I'm your host, Christina Royster, and you can follow me, Miss Chris D, on Instagram and Twitter at M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. I have a great episode of pop culture newsy stuff planned for you. So let's get into it. All right. So as always, we're going to start the episode with Put Y'all On. This is the segment of the show where I tell you my favorite thing of the week. It could be food, music, TV, what have you. But today's Put Y'all On is a little bit different. I'm just going to share what's been going on in my life. And I wanted to let you guys know that I recently started Weight Watchers. So this is not my first rodeo. This is not my first time doing the program. Technically, I think this is my third, but really I don't count the first time because I was in college and I really didn't know what I was doing. But the first time that like I really took Weight Watchers seriously, I think was 2018. I probably talked about it on the podcast. Um, I, I was really strict with it. I took it very seriously and I lost 30 pounds in six months. That was a huge accomplishment for me. And I just want to do it again because I don't feel confident as confident as I used to when I lost that first 30 pounds, you know, I've put some of it back on and I just want to be able to fit my clothes better, be able to walk up the stairs without being winded. So, um, I'm starting at 216 pounds. It's so kind of embarrassing to tell people your weight but this is young black and opinionated I keep it real with you guys so um that's my start weight my goal right now my short-term goal is going to be 200 pounds my long-term goal is probably going to be like 180 that was the weight I started college at so I feel like if I could just get back to that size that would be great (laughs) but um I made a whole day one vlog about my first day on Weight Watchers. I put that on YouTube so you guys can check out my first Weight Watchers vlog under the name Christina Royster on YouTube. YBO does not have a YouTube channel and there's a whole reason why we do not have a YouTube channel. I'm not going to go into it but let's just say there was some behind the scenes management issues and some people have files that they owe me but that's not here nor there um I just want to you know thank you guys who have followed me on Instagram and supported my weight loss journey I'm excited I'm nervous I talked about all my fears and hopes and everything in the vlog so make sure you check that out but right now I'm recording this on like day four and it's going pretty good I'm not starving so I mean, Weight Watchers, that's the whole thing about Weight Watchers, right? You're not starving. You're not counting calories. You can eat whatever you want. It's just teaching you, like, moderation and portion control. So if you're interested in Weight Watchers or if you're on a weight loss journey of your own, please let me know. That's another thing. Like, I posted that I was starting Weight Watchers, and this girl commented under my post, like, buy my products. Your products are not Weight Watchers. That's not what I'm on. I'm already paying for Weight Watchers. I don't want to pay for your shakes. Like, I'm sorry. <laughs> or or tea. I think it's a tea. I don't know. But I'm just like, why would you post that? That's not, no. Like, I understand I'm probably your target market, but I'm already paying $13 a month for this. That's like a Netflix subscription, okay? So, yeah, if you have any questions about Weight Watchers, I'm the gal to ask because I've done this before. So let me know. Okay, one more thing kind of sort of related to me, but not really kind of. Um, I wanted to talk about 
Fast Company, my job. So if you didn't know, I work for Fast Company. I just celebrated my one year anniversary on the job. Um, so cheers to that. But this week we had our Fast Company Innovation Festival. And normally this is in person. It's a huge deal in New York City. Last year I got to see Jordan Peele in person. Um, but this year, obviously, we're still in a pandemic, October 2020. So we had to go virtual. And I've been live tweeting, staring at a computer for like 10 hours a day. It's not ideal, but it's rewarding. It's fun. And, um, you know, one of the panels that I watched was Lena Waithe. And so if you don't know who Lena Waithe is, you know, she's like the director behind Queen and Slim. Um, I was really inspired by that panel. I posted about it on the Young Black and Opinionated Instagram, and Lena Waithe liked it. So that was a highlight of my week. Like, I know I know, a like is really nothing in currency. You know, like it really means nothing. I'm not getting paid for likes. Some people do, but I'm not. And so I know in the real world it means nothing, but to me, the fact that Lena Waithe had to see my post and like it meant something to me, so... Um, if you're not following the YBO podcast on Instagram, get to it because obviously Lena Waithe likes my shit. Now, um, there were some other great speakers at Fast Company Innovation Festival. Janelle Monet, she talked about how she truly has kind of, I don't know, I don't, I, I don't want to say reckoning because she's black and like obviously she knows she's black, but I just feel like black people are just digging deeper into our blackness and our roots. And she said that, you know, doing the movie Antebellum definitely played a part in that. And she has a new song out called Turntables, I believe. And the song kind of talks about, you know, the, the, the injustices happening to black people in America. And um, she just said, you know, what's a revolution without a song? So Janelle Monet, just beautiful, awesome speaker. And um, that was a dope panel. And who else did we have? Oh, on the Fast Company Innovation Festival, we had a panel about podcasting. And so they were talking about how like podcasting is getting really big with Gen Z. And they had some Gen Z influencers from TikTok on the panel. Addison Ray, Ricky Thompson, Denzel Dion. So that was a great panel as well. And there's somebody else. Oh, Jackie Ina. Jackie Ina was at the Fast Coming Innovation Festival. Y'all know I was only looking at the black people. But um, Jackie Ina was just so awesome. And just she's so down to earth and authentic. And I really love that about her. And um, those were awesome panels to watch. The panels I had to live tweet, I got to tell you, I was not interested in some of them. Like, for instance, there was a panel about like biodefense. I had no idea what that was. I didn't really know anything about biosecurity. But when you have to watch it and live tweet it, you learn a thing or two. So I've definitely learned a lot. And unfortunately, by the time you guys listen to this, the festival will be over. But just check out Fast Company because every time I tell people who I work for, they have no idea what that is. So just check it out. Now I'm thinking about the fact that I think I've purposely not mentioned my job on this podcast because I probably talked shit at one point and I don't want y'all going back and seeing who I work for, but whatever, it's out there now. <laughs> but let's get into the news, shall we? Um, Johnny Nash, best known for his 1972 hit song, I Can See Clearly Now, has died at age 80. So rest in peace, Johnny Nash. Ugh, we're just losing so many people this year. But, you know, old age is one thing, but COVID is another. People dying from COVID is so tragic. But um, may he rest in peace, just we will always remember that song and so many others of his music. Um, 
there's a trend that I see on social media these days called (laughs) how it started versus how it's going. So this is basically where you screenshot your first uh, interaction with your mate. Maybe it's a DM, maybe it's a text message, whatever. And then you share a picture of like what you guys are up to now. And at first I was like, hmm, maybe I should participate in this. But I just felt weird like sharing my first DM with my boyfriend. Like, I feel like that's kind of intimate and kind of embarrassing. Not that the conversation is embarrassing. Like, I can tell you guys right now what it was. I think I, I, I literally took a screenshot because I was like, ooh, I want to jump on this bandwagon. But then I was like, you really want to share your inter, like inter, what's the word I'm looking for? Intimate. <laughs> there we go. Your first intimate conversation with your mate, like on social media for a couple likes, like for clout, especially on Twitter. I don't even get that many likes on Twitter. But I'm just saying, like, I, I decided to go against it, but it's been cute for other people. Um, Oh, yeah. So here's the the first DM. I, I won't post on social media, but I'll tell you on my podcast. Funny. <laughs> um, so I remember it was like January and I put on my story like, oh, Valentine's coming up. Who trying to be my Valentine? And my boyfriend, current boyfriend, Josh, responded and said, I saw your story and it's me. I like you and I'm speaking up. I couldn't reply to it. So here I am because I had my comments off on my story because I hated people commenting on my story. <laughs> So then I said, okay, hey, like, you look good. Nice to meet you. Got his name. And it went from there. So our DMs are not weird. They're not corny. It's just, I don't know. I just feel like I just want to keep that to myself until the right time. I don't want to just jump on this trend. But one couple who uh, everybody seemed to enjoy was Quavo and Sweetie. So they posted their first DM and all Quavo did was send her a snowflake emoji because we know Sweetie goes by like Icy Girl. And she sent back a ramen emoji. And then all he said was, I'm a you a Icy Girl. I'm a I'm trying to be a glacier boy or something like that. And she's like, OK, what's happening? And that's how they got together, apparently. So I really like them as a celebrity couple. You know, celebrity couples, they don't last long, but they seem to be doing okay. They're very cute. I just I just like them a lot. Um, but that trend was very interesting. And then I saw different iterations of it, you know, um, people throwing in their babies and their businesses. So I, I just stay on Twitter all the time. Honestly, if I had to rate the apps, Twitter would be number one. Instagram is second. Instagram be getting on my nerves. Just, I, I don't know. I feel like it's the same thing every single day. Twitter, you never know what you're going to get. Twitter is really a gumbo. Just, you never know what you're going to (laughs) get. Everything is just thrown into the pot. All right, let's talk about what to watch this week. I haven't really watched anything new, but I am looking forward to seeing Charm City Kings. So this is that movie featuring Meek Mill. The trailer came out in like January. And, you know, back in January, we never expected the pandemic to hit, movie theaters to be closed. So this movie is going straight to HBO Max. And of course, I freaking canceled my subscription this month. But um, I think I might have a, a wiggle way around it to watch it. But this movie is featuring Meek Mill. And it's all about um, this main character who basically has to decide, like, does he want to do the straight and narrow or the gang life? And there's like motorbikes involved. And we know Meek Mill love him some motorbikes. So this movie is right up his alley. I think he's supposed to be like the kingpin or something. And this was all filmed in Baltimore. So that's really cool. I can't wait to watch it. It's called Charm City Kings on HBO Max. Now, while we're in the realm of pop culture, let's talk about the Savage 
by Fenty Fashion Show. So this happened last week. I was late to the game and I didn't get to talk about it on the podcast. Actually, no, I wanted to talk about it and I just didn't write it down. And every episode I have my notes. If it's not on the notes, I will forget about it, guys. So don't worry. Like, I definitely love Rihanna. I definitely want to watch it. I still haven't watched it. Can you rewatch it or was it live? I know it was on Amazon Prime. And so anyways, the fashion show was very diverse. Everybody applauded Rihanna for having diversity in gender, race, body size, everything you could imagine. Like she had everybody representing. Lizzo was out there with the fishnets. Um, she had Rico Nasty. She had Willow Smith. Just all different types of body sizes and shapes and colors. And gender. the fact that she had men in the fashion show, like Victoria's Secret who? Victoria's Secret been out. Like, I'm really surprised they're still in business. The only thing keeping Bath and Body Works in business is them candles. And I, I bring that up because Bath and Body Works is related to Victoria's Secret. But I just feel like those Victoria's Secret days are over. I don't know. Like, the next time I need some lingerie, I'm definitely going to be looking at Fenty because just this is what I mean by, like, consumers really do care about a brand's reputation. How do you treat women? How do you treat people of color? Uh, how do you treat your employees? Stuff like that. Like people, businesses might think like brands might think that we don't care, but we really, but there is always a, but, um, the Savage Fenty fashion show did use a song that some people from the Muslim community were not happy with. So um, let me just pull up this article right quick, right quick from the L.A. Times because they said it better than I could have. Um, Let's see. Where is that article? This is what happened. So basically, the song sampled a recitation from Islam's sacred hadith. And Rihanna used the song. I guess she didn't know. She's not Muslim. I don't think. So Rihanna put out an apology on Instagram and said, I'd like to thank the Muslim community for pointing out a huge oversight that was unintentionally offensive in our Savage by Fenty show. She also said, I would more importantly like to apologize to you for this honest yet careless mistake. So you know what? That's exactly how you do it. That's how you issue an apology. Nice and simple. Own up to your mistakes. Say it'll never happen again and be done. You know, some people cannot own up to their mistakes. Tory Lanez, who's now been charged with assault of Megan the Stallion, if we want to take it there. But um, yeah, some people just need to own up to their mistakes. Celebrities are humans. We get it. Just, you know, assure your fans that that'll never happen again. And the thing is, obviously, if she has somebody who was Muslim on her team, they would have screened the music. They would have known. It's just so hard it's just so hard to know every culture. So again, congrats to Rihanna on the fashion show and everything else she has going for her. Um, although again, another, but I heard the skincare wasn't all that, but I didn't try it. So I can't really give y'all a review. So (laughs) I'm gonna leave it at that. All right. So as we've all seen and heard, and you've probably heard me talk about it enough, but it's never enough. Um, you know, white people are just dealing, just coming to terms with the fact that life as a black American sucks. (laughs) And so I saw on the news, this black guy, and uh, I think his name's Andre, and this white guy, uh, Jonathan, 
they have started what they're calling unity ride. So this is them riding their bikes cross country together. And while on their rides, they talk about race and equality. And they did, I believe, 3000 miles in six and a half weeks. And, um, you know, Jonathan, the white guy was talking about how at one point they were riding a state trooper, like started following Andre. And so he kind of got behind Andre to cover his back. And that's just the kind of thing that white people are learning about that black people have to deal with police following them around for no reason, just riding your bike, trying to enjoy life. Um, just simply existing, we get looked at the wrong way. So this is a pretty cool, uh, I don't know what you want to call it, experiment, challenge, whatever. These two guys are doing it. They've been doing it before uh, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Jacob Blake lost their lives. They've been doing this since 2017, I believe. But the circumstances haven't changed, you know. We've been losing black lives to police brutality for years. So um, that is what they're calling Unity Ride. And that was just really cool to see. Um, They are from Knoxville, Tennessee, in case anybody wanted to know. So I think they met at a bar. I think that's how they became friends at a a New Year's Eve party. Um, And while we're talking about, you know, police brutality, criminal justice reform, I saw an interesting thing about how there's some new lawn signs out in front of the White House that you might notice if you go visit. And these lawn signs are part of a campaign called Vote for Them. So the lawn signs, you know how normally you see like Biden and Harris 2020 or Trump Pence 2020 on these lawn signs in front of people's yards? This campaign puts the victims of police brutality on the lawn signs. So it's like vote for Breonna Taylor, vote for George Floyd 2020. And the signs are part of a new campaign from Courageous Conversation Global Foundation. And this was created by the ad agency Good B. Silverstein and Partners. They've done work for Doritos, Mountain Dew, BMW. So it's really cool to see an ad agency turn around and do something like this for the victims of police brutality. Um, You can print and you can download and print these signs and join the movement and put them in your own lawn. I just thought that was so dope. And I wanted to share that with you guys. And that is the perfect segue into my final topic, the moment you guys have all been waiting for, the vice presidential debate. So, wow, where should I start? First of all, y'all know I did not watch the presidential debate. I did not want to watch Trump and Biden go at it and just mentally drain myself. And I'm so glad I didn't. As I said on last week's episode, that was not the debate for me. Apparently, the vice presidential debate was... Okay, Kamala brought the shade. Not really shade. She was just standing up for herself. Pence was just trying to talk over her. And we all have seen by now the clips of the iconic phrase, I'm speaking. I'm speaking. I'm speaking. And I will not be lectured. Kamala owned that debate. And you know what? When it came to the question about her uh, prosecutal, uh, prosecutal, that's not even a word prosecutorial there we go record in california she kind of skated around that question not gonna lie like a lot of black people don't like kamala because she put other black people in jail that's just the tea that's just the truth but um i would just say like she really held her own against mike pence she was very prepared um and just the fact that she had to 
fight for her chance to speak. This is a debate. You both get a fair shot at speaking. He just kept talking over her. And the statistics say that um, women are interrupted three times more than men when speaking. So I'm so glad that she stood up for herself. Just seeing her in that space, just taking up space, a seat at the table, just makes me so happy as a black woman. And um, obviously, y'all know which way I'm swinging and where I'm voting. But, um, you know, the other question that uh, Mike Pence totally failed was the uh, moderator. I think her name was Susan Page. By the way, leave the moderators alone. Like, she really tried, okay? She really tried her hardest. She probably could have did a little better because Mike kept, Mike Pence, whatever his name is, kept talking. And she was like, okay, thank you, Vice President. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Vice President. That was her only way of like getting him to stop talking. It obviously didn't work. He kept talking. But um, she was doing her best. I saw a lot of people throwing shade at her on Twitter, so leave her alone. But the question that was posed was, did Breonna Taylor receive justice? And, you know, Kamala did what black people do, gave our condolences, gave our sentiments, uh, said what they're trying to do about this. And what did Mike Pence say? Um, You know... It's really sad what happened to Breonna Taylor. I'm paraphrasing, obviously. But, um, you know, I believe in our justice system and we stand with the police. Like, what? S- what? Sir, you that was your opportunity and you blew it. Just like your president had the opportunity, you blew it. Oh, my God. After that, I was like, I don't need to see no more. I mean, obviously, I didn't even care what he had to say, but I wanted to listen to his answer. That was your moment and you dropped the ball. So, um, and then he was talking about, and then Kamala was like, okay, like Trump can't even denounce white supremacy. And then Pence was like, well, he has Jewish grandchildren. What? That's like the watered down version of I have black friends. That's a no, no boo. It's a no for me. Um, and then finally the true star of the debate was the fly on Mike Pence's head. Apparently, I didn't even see it. I, 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 first of all, I only came into the debate at around 945. So I was late. Um, but I didn't see a fly on his head and apparently a lot of people did. (laughs) I saw the recaps. There was a fly sitting on his head for quite a while. And, um, you know, people said it lands on his head because flies are attracted to horse shit. So that fly knew something we didn't. Well, we all knew that he was talking ish, but that fly just reminded us. And then Joe Biden swiftly with the swiftness came out with a meme of him holding a fly swatter. So whoever is on that social team, turn that meme around super quick. And it was just hilarious. It was just honestly a great debate to watch. I mean, is there really a winner or a loser in these debates? I don't know. Do these debates even change voters' minds? I don't know. I feel like we all at this point know who we're going to vote for. But maybe there are some last minute people. I saw some of the polls in Florida we're in favor of Joe Biden right now, which is interesting. That's normally a swing state. So we'll see what happens. But yeah, the debate was definitely very interesting. Unfortunately, we won't get to see them go head to head again. That was the only debate. And uh, not sure what's going on with Trump. You know, last week I announced that he got COVID and he is magically back at the White House like six days later. I don't know about who you or what kind of strand of COVID he had. But when I had it, I had to quarantine in one spot for at least 10 days. I wasn't going back and forth from the hospital to the White House. So I don't know what's going on with him. 
Honestly, I'm just praying for this country. Y'all already know what it is. Register, vote, and that's that. Oh, this was not planned at all. I did not plan on doing a year canceled, but I just remembered this and I have to speak on it. My friend Brianna, you guys know and love her. She's been on the podcast before. Share with me on Instagram that Lakeith Stanfield, who I have been a fan of, who I have talked about on the podcast. I really thought that he was like some artsy, woke, like cool nigga. But now I see like he might just be corny. Um... He apparently was watching the debate and took a screenshot and posted on Instagram. It was like, I don't like her hair, but overall good debate. What? And then he went on in the comments to like defend his statement. He was like, just because I don't like her hair don't mean nothing. Like, why did you even feel the need to say that? Like, people are already trying to bring this black woman down. We're talking about Kamala. We're talking about the vice presidential debate. People are always trying to bring this black woman down. And then you, a black man, come out your mouth and say something like that you took the time to type that as your caption on instagram and then somebody comments like you really need to be careful with your platform because you know people are watching you this man has nine hundred thousand followers and you felt the need to comment on a black woman's hair and and i don't even understand what's wrong with her hair are you mad that it's pressed do you want it to be natural is it not pressed enough i don't understand like Either way, Lakeith Stanfield, you're canceled for now. I don't know how long. Maybe just this week. I don't know. That was just weird to me. That was just so unnecessary. And whoever commented that was right. Like, you have a platform. This is not the time to be saying stuff that might steer people away from the Biden-Harris uh, name on the ticket. Like, don't do that. Oh, my God. That really pissed me off. So, Lakeith Stanfield, you're canceled. This is what we're talking about when we say, like, black men really do not be protecting black women and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say all i would never say all just black men like him y'all no you should that's why you should never trust a man with dirty nails because i saw a whole photo shoot he did with dirty nails you knew you were doing a photo shoot you knew you would be in front of the camera and you still didn't wash your hands you still got dirt under your nails so yeah look he stands for you're canceled dirty nail niggas get out the way you're disgusting and i'm annoyed Alrighty, that concludes this episode of Young, Black, and Opinionated. Make sure you subscribe if you didn't listen to me at the beginning of the episode. I'll give you a minute to subscribe right now. Okay, perfect. And make sure you follow the YBO Podcast on Instagram and Facebook at the YBO Podcast. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter, M-I-S-S-C-H-R-I-S-D-E-E. Bye.